0: Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. But I had this thought, and this is what I want to talk about this morning. How many knows if you ever watch a football game, every coach, whether it's laminated, whether it's folded up, whether it's written on a napkin, he's got what in his hand? His playbook. And so this morning I want to talk as we, as I've just been thinking a lot and help me out with this mic. It sounds like I'm ringing or something. So help me out with it. And so we, um, February the 2nd this year will make 20 years preaching the gospel. And so I've, I've, I've just been thinking a lot along those lines. Now how many knows this? That every coach, whether you Kirby Smart or Nick Saban, now ain't the time to change the playbook. Because obviously what you've been doing, the plays that you've been playing have been working to get you there. Come on, somebody. Now, what I've been thinking about is a lot of times when we get breakthrough, we change the playbook. You got to keep running the same plays. Come on, somebody. If the plays... Took you to break through, the plays will keep you in breakthrough. Work with me right here. Now I came here myself, so help me out right here. We're gonna get it straight in a minute. Don't let me hurt your ears, okay? Some I remember one time TD Jake said he wanted Mike so hot when he hollered it, split your ears. You know, I mean split your hair, part your hair. But so this morning, I don't know how dangerous I'll be with this, but I got about uh I got nine plays. That's dangerous, ain't it? For a preacher to have nine plays written down, but I want to go over this. Is my personal playbook. And I'm going to share it with you. I promise you this. what The stuff that you're going to hear this morning, if you apply it to your life, it'll change your life. You hear me? You don't have to be a preacher. This is just simple Bible that I have lived by, that I have watched God bless me by. I have watched keep me by. And this is just my personal playbook. This is what we have in our house. In every storm, this is what I go to, friend. Come on somebody. It, I, this is what I keep by. This is, what, this is what I live my life by. And the reason why I'm going over this is I feel like, man, that we we're on the, I mean, we're in the we're in the wave, church. You hear me? We're in the wave, and I got to make sure that as the coach of my team, that I'm saying we're not changing any of the plays. Come on, somebody. I know this morning we messed up on the words, and seemed like to me some of the music was even off. Are you with me now? But we've never been about perfection. Come on, somebody. If you want perfection, they got it in Vegas. Come on now. We're after the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's what changes people's lives. I'm not saying we don't need skillful musicians. We got to have skillful. We study to show ourselves approved, but at the end of the day, what makes a difference on every service is the presence of God. Come on. It wasn't good preaching. It wasn't good singing. It wasn't the drum solo. It wasn't how well the greeters was dressed. Come on, somebody. It wasn't how much money we took up, but it was the power of God that changed our lives in those meetings. Those are the most powerful times that I remember. It wasn't who was preaching. It was the fact that God showed up. Will you help me this morning in this church? Come on, somebody! We're in a whole new day, and this time we act like it. All right. So my first play is this. This is the first when I was I was eighteen years old. I had a red pocket New Testament. I took the I took the work with me, and I would read it throughout the breaks, or sometimes when we were in the truck and as um. As I was reading this Red Pocket New Testament one day, I can take you to the spot on the road that I was between uh, uh, Alma and Nichols on Highway 32. And the story of the ten virgins was highlighted to me. And that is the that is the story that God used to call me into the ministry. And I've never forgot that this particular text... If you remember, can I just quote the text for us so that we can just move on a little faster, okay? And and we, we can get out of here at a decent time. But in this story... It's the story of ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. Five that were wise continued to make sure that the oil was in the lamp. The five that were foolish took vacations. Come on, if you will, they took they, when seasons got tough, they stopped doing what they've always been doing, and they said, "Well, you know, we'll just get the oil a little bit later." How many knows that there's all there's seasons of hiddenness and there's seasons of manifestation? I've been through many seasons when it seemed like I didn't feel God. Is anybody else? in this room but that's why we walk by not by feeling but and not by sight but by faith you remember when the priest entered the high place it, into the most holy place it was dark he couldn't see a thing because God is never going to have his man to walk by what he can see with his natural eyes he wants his man to walk by faith and to hear his voice and to trust him and so the, the, the number one thing the number one play is this make sure you always have the oil the oil is the most most important thing that you can have in your lamp. Go get your education, friend. Read the books. Come on, somebody. Study to show yourself approved. But if we don't have the oil, I come to tell you this morning, we don't have anything. The oil is everything. It is the most important ingredient that we have inside this church. It's not the sheetrock. It's not the sound system. It's not the worship team. It's the oil of his presence. I can't get no help in here. Ain't nobody going to help me today. That's fine. I brought my own encouragement. You got to have your own encouragement if you go preach the gospel sometime. Can I get a witness up in here? So the oil. I have always. I probably don't be able to preach this out crying, but I've always been about the oil. The oil. The oil of his presence. Friend, if you ever... If you ever get inside the presence of the living God, you are forever ruined in that moment. Church will never satisfy you. Religious games can't do you in, friend. Are you with me now? Just old granny's song won't never satisfy you. You've got to have him. You remember when Mary went to the tomb in John chapter 21, the Bible says that an angel stood there before her. And most people would have been satisfied at that moment. My God, there's an angel standing right there. She didn't pay that angel no attention. She said, where have you laid him? Listen, there was no angel that died for me. No movie star died for me. No preacher died for me. It was Jesus that did it on the cross for me. The number one play. Leonard Ravenhill wrote in his great book. Just hold up right here for me, Hallie, Mike, and we'll come back at the end. Leonard Ravenhill wrote in his great book that I encourage everyone to read. It's Why Revival Terries." Classic written in 1954, 1956. And he said this he said, With all thy getting, get unction. Yeah. You gotta have unction. You've got to have unction. Unction comes from the oil, it comes from hanging out with God. You don't get oil no other way, friend. Are you with me now? It comes from hanging out in the presence of God. Listen, how do you, how do you become anointed? How do you get anointed? You come by, by setting with the anointed one. Are you with me now? And as you set with him, that oil gets upon your life. That's the number one play. play. All right, now look at this. I'm going to have to. I remember one time that I, I was listening to Perry Stone uh, teach about the fourth watch. The fourth watch is often when Jesus prayed, which is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Most bars shut down at 2 a.m. The demons has got to have houses to live in. Come on, somebody. So most of them folding up, and they in the bed by 3. And that's when Jesus prayed from 3 to 6 at the fourth watch. And so I remember listening to Perry Stone uh, teach on that. And I said, well, I'm going to go on a 40-day fast Well, I'm going to pray for 40 days in the fourth watch. How many knows it's rough to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Sometimes I met him at 345, sometimes it was four thirty. But I stayed the course of meeting him. And I remember one morning getting up, Catherine and I lived in town uh, back then. I don't I don't I don't wish that on nobody. But anyhow, we was living in town, was living in the city, and uh Lord help me right here. I'm trying to break it up in here. So so uh I remember I got up that morning and I was studying and I had a King James version of the Bible. And in Mark 15 verse 43, it's the story of Joseph of Arimathea when he went to search out for the body of Jesus. And he said this in the King James when I found this word. I remember I've never for, I've never for, forgotten it. I was probably 23 years old. And it says in the King James that he craved the body of Jesus. Do you know that there is a place that you can get within God? that you talk about your flesh, that where David said, my heart and my flesh cry out for thee, O God. There is a place you can get to in your personal relationship with Jesus where your flesh literally craves him. You just gotta learn how to curve your appetite. Come on, somebody. When you have all your appetites, that's why he said, with thy eye be single. This one thing, the psalmist said, this one thing have I desired. See, when we get to that place, we can have one thing that we desire. When our eye is single is on him, our flesh shall begin to cry out unto him. So this is, um, this is what I wrote in here. The hungry always gets fed, and the thirsty always gets watered. You say, Well, I'm just dry, Pastor John. That's cause you're not thirsty. Because we have the promise of his word that the thirsty always get watered. Well, I, I just I just can't seem to be fed. That's because you're not at the table, friend. Come on, somebody. How many knows it's not my job to feed you, it's my job to equip you. You gotta get up to the table every day. This table is spread before us every day of our life, friend. Come on now. Every morning his mercies are new, and this is available every day of our life it's up to us if we want to get at the table and say God I've come to commune with you and I want to eat and fellowship with you it is possible to live at that place where discouragement breaks off depression no longer there because we are communion with the living one I've come to preach help me out here this morning help me out church Listen to this, the third play. I have ran this play and I have found this to be a of whatever devil you're facing. Whether it be sickness, whether it be discouragement, whether it be depression, whether it be the devil himself, this will always work. The Bible says in Psalms 8 and 2, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained praise that thou mightest steal the enemy. Come on, somebody. This is a play right here that'll work. It's a play that'll work. How many knows this morning? I can feel the turbulence in this in this atmosphere. But when Matt started singing, He's given us victory. That praise was a weapon, slicing everything in the heavenlies. Come on, somebody. And we was declaring that our God is victorious and He has given us the victory. I am not a defeated foe. Come on, somebody. He's overcome death, hell, and the grave. I'm gonna preach on anyhow. Come on, somebody, and then if He has already won. For surely I'm on the winning side because I'm on his team. Hello. It just ain't manifested in my realm yet. It has already manifested in his realm and I'm going to declare it. Hey, listen here, it's a matter of time. It's already happened over 2,000 years ago when he paved the way for me on the cross. It's a matter of time it's showing up in this realm. Come on now. Praise. Now listen here. Now first of all, let me say something about our playbook. Kirby Smart has got to trust because I am a Georgia boy and I'm going for the dogs, okay? Huh? I just believe it's about time for our state. The Falcons have let us down. Come on. The Braves has let me down. I don't know how many times but I'm still a Braves fan. You gotta be loyal to where the Braves cap now. That's right. We played for the championship ten times. We got it once. That's <laughs> 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 huh? We finally got it. What he's gotta hope is let me tell you something, what they're counting on. They counting on the offense to score, but what they're really counting on is their defense to hold that other offense at bay. Let me tell you what I think has happened in the church, especially down south where you and I live. Is the church has had this mentality that we hope the defense was good enough to keep the devil off of us. When it ain't even biblical. When Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. He wasn't saying that we'd be hunkered down in the corner with some defense hoping that that demon would not go come over here and run us down. What he's saying is my church, the power that I put in my bride on the earth, that the defense, which is the devil, has nothing that he can throw on the field to prevent us from running the plays and scoring the touchdown, friend. Come on, somebody. When he puts that sickness on you, he wants you to believe that that's stronger than what Jesus did on the cross. But we got to stand up and remind him, come on, somebody, As his bride on the earth. Come on. As ambassadors. Cowboy, right here. Do you know what an ambassador is? When we put an embassy when I remember when I flew into Bombay and I mean everything looked kind of rough or whatever we got outside, and there was this nice big place, looked like the rich called, and there was the U.S. Embassy right there. At the U.S. Embassy, even though it's in India, they're not living like they're in India. Come on, somebody. They're not there to represent India. They're there to live as a United States citizen to represent our values and everything we say in America. Come on, somebody. When the Bible says we are ambassadors of Christ we are hung up in this realm called earth come on somebody but we are no longer citizens here come on somebody we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places I came to tell you come on I'm going to keep saying it we are seated with Christ in heavenly places and as an ambassador when something shows up in this realm that is contrary to the homeland I have the authority to remove it in this land good gracious Lord preaching at his Presbyterian church. All right. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. It says that the Amicalites attacked Ziklag, which was part of Judah. The enemy will always try to attack your praise first. If you depress, what he'll tempt you to do is you'll set this worship service out. Well, I'm just going to set this one out and hopefully that the preacher can do something. If you understood the power of praise, you would never set another one out. You'd have it on in your house. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever cut in worship on up in your house? Come on, somebody. If you get CMT off that off TV, come on, somebody. Get you some Rick Pino. Get you some Joanne McFadder. Get something on there. Get you some Steve Swanson slinging up in there. Come on now. And learn the power of praise. What I have found that praise and depression can't coexist. Praise and discouragement can't be at the same place at the same time. When David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, God can't get any bigger than he always is, but he can get bigger in my life. Come on, somebody. And so when my problem here say my marriage is going to hell in a handbasket, and I'm sitting there looking at, say, oh, God. And the enemy said, well, it's over. If you'll get your eyes off of that and get it on him, come on, somebody. And start talking about how awesome he is. Start telling him he's the rose of Sharon. You're the lily of the valley. You're the bright morning star. You're the great I am. Come on. That problem will get about that small. Praise. Praise. This is why we this is why I put such emphasis on praise and worship. This is not something we do to take up time before we come preach the gospel. We're setting the stage for what we are about to preach. Now let's go to Matthew chapter twelve, because you got to see this right here. Maybe I'll get anointed in a minute. Y'all keep praying. <laughs> I remember, he listened, I think it was about 2006, 2005, and how Bishop Jim Dutton was preaching in here, if you remember that. Remember he had the purple suit on with the white wingtips. And I remember him preaching. And uh, he said, don't worry about it. He said, the oil will come in a minute. But I'm going to tell you now, when the oil came on him, it came. He shifted gears. Boy, went second over there to fifth, threw it in overdrive. See, I got old good memory. I remember he was preaching on Abraham when he took communion. I, we won't scare the people up what happened. He was out there, wasn't he, Junior? Yep. All right. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. This is a this is a, this is a play that has kept me safe. Alright. What I'm preaching to you this morning, this is what I this is what I told Gavin before church. This is what I would tell Grant, John Bentley, and Ash if I was leaving the earth tomorrow. This is why I say this is what you build your life by you always be after the oil. You crave Jesus more than anything. Don't never crave a title, position, or anything. Crave Him. Long after the position and the title's over with, He'll still be there. Come on now. You can't get your identity from... You can't get your identity who you are from the title anyhow. Because when the title's gone, you won't have an identity. But if you... But if you got your identity from Him, friend, come on, you're never worried about a title. You don't have to tote a card. God. I've seen plenty of cards that that ain't who they are. We're going to get on that in a minute. I ain't never been in in the woods and had to look at an oak tree and wonder if that was an oak tree because it was producing acorns everywhere. I'm stepping all over them. All right. hmm, Boy. Matthew chapter 12, you there? This is big. When we planted our first church, I had this long name, and Pastor Dale cut up with me about it. But I had this long name because I I, I had to put I, I was putting the key things of who I was worship, family, life, abundant life. I believe Jesus paid for the abundant life. How many of y'all believe that in this room? He didn't play for he didn't pay the price so that we could just barely make it through life. He paid the, for the abundant life. So it's abundant life, family. Worship center. Family's big to me. Let me say this. It's all we got on earth. When your finances is gone, family's all you got. Family. Now let me say this. The body of Christ, and we as a church in this room, we take on many forms. But the true identity of who we are is family. Sometimes we, 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 we got a wedding dress on, but we Family. Sometimes we got war paint on, but we're family. And you know, raising kids, Catherine's always like this, because it don't really take hard if you know us a little bit to see who the rough one is in the family. But she'll always say this, you've got to learn how to pick the battles. And let me say this, I will always fight when it comes to family. All right, read the Bible. Or y'all will get excited about it. Right, let's look right here. You know I'm cutting up with you. While he was talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside. I'm in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, speaking, I mean, seeking to speak with him. Look at this. His mom and his brothers are seeking to speak with him. And then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to them, said to the one who, was, who, who told him, who is my mother? And who is my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For what, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, do you think that Jesus was devaluing his family? Was he devaluing family? Because, I mean, Mary's out the door waiting to speak with him, his brothers and sisters. And he's in there, I mean, still going over the ministry details with his disciples. Now, and he said, who who are, my except for these right here with me, this is my brother's. This is my sister's and this is my... So was he devaluing the family or was he elevating the value of the spiritual family? See, I remember years ago hearing this statement that somebody called this church and wanted to know if it was a brick church. What does it matter if it's brick, if it's steel or wood? It matters what's on the inside of it. We are the church. Come on, somebody. And we are a body which is called a family. And families have brothers and sisters. They have mothers and fathers. And they have grandpas and grandmas. And some of them lucky enough to have great-grandma and great-grandpa. And when a family functions, if it's functioning correctly, nobody's got to wear a title around to show who they are. The brothers realize when the daddy shows up. And daddies realize when grandpa shows up. If grandpa's eating, daddy ain't at the head of the table. Grandpa is. Come on somebody. And and, and, and and so this is what for the past four years and, and really all of my life in preaching that we have been trying to cultivate that this is highly valued in this in this local body, that we are family. I don't care how big we get, if we five thousand people, we still one big family full of brothers and sisters and mamas and daddies. And and I know this, every family, unless you unless you got a just a I mean short of rare family, every family fights. I, if you raised up in the Bagley household, we fought a little bit. We still fight sometimes. I can't. My sisters a lot of time are wrong. I, I mean, I, if they want to believe wrong, that's their fault. But I'm trying to help them. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, blood's thicker than water. But let me tell you something: we got blood and water in this room. So that means we bonded together. And we are part of this one big family. And let me tell you something, there's safety inside the family. you understand this? That when you are part of a family, I heard one one, uh, proverb say this, it says, to go somewhere fast, go somewhere alone. To go somewhere far, you got to go together. Because the importance of family is this, that everybody's not always on the mountaintop. This morning, everybody's not on the mountaintop of 2018's the greatest season. Come on, somebody. Somebody in here is just trying to figure out how they're going to pay the rent at the end of the month. Come on now. But the part about being a family is this, knowing that if the family member sitting right across from you got the blessing, it's a matter of time before you're going to get the blessing. Come on, somebody. Listen, and as we walk together, we're stronger. We're stronger together than we ever are divided. Come on. I know that may sound political, and tongue in cheek but it is very powerful and I've been through some storms in my life but I'm telling you it was the power of my spiritual family around me that has taken me through every storm when I've been discouraged at the worst place in my life I could go to the house of God where my family was worshiping come on somebody and somebody that was strong started shouting a little bit like Steve said whoop whoop it may not feel the whoop in me but as long as he keeps saying whoop eventually that Whoops! Gonna get in me, and I'll get my breakthrough. Lord, y'all kill me today. Standing, sometimes it's rough in these Presbyterian churches. Let's go on, y'all. Know I love you. Come on. I feel like I'm shoving that tire, but I saw it. I got you right here. Help me find the book of James, Jesus. That's going to help me out a whole lot. Book of James, right here. Thank you. I thought it was in the Old Testament. That's where it's at. James chapter 3, right out the book of Ruth, if you're trying to find with me, track with me. James chapter 3, verse 13. This is a play right here. And everybody in this room, listen to me. Because in the days we're headed, and throughout this year, you're going to have to deal with this right here. If we ever going to make it as family, we've got to deal with this one thing right here. This play right here, I've had to do this over and over and over and over in my life. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to know how to see this when you see this right here, okay? Now, this, this play right here is going to be run against you. Are you with me? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some us, now, this is, this is where you're going to have to get on defense right here because this is going to run against you. And the enemy's been using this thing right here for a long time. And, and to be honest with you, he's been successful with it. That's why he's going to keep running it. How many knows a lot of things he's been running for a long time and we just keep falling for it? It's the same cricket keeps hitting it. We see the barber and all. I just jumped on fishing on y'all. Y'all, all all right? It's the same corn pile if you're a hunter. All right. Look at this in James chapter 3, you there? It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Look at this. If you have what? Bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart. Self-ambition. In other words, that's the ambition you have, not that God put in your lane for you. Look at this. Look at this. In your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Is it's not the word of God right here that we're reading. Look at this. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Look at this. For where envy and self-ambition exists, confusion. And every evil thing, confusion, disorder. there will be out of orderness. Life will be out of order. Come on. And every evil thing are, is there. Are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Gentle. Look at this right here. Willing to yield. Boy, they some good stuff right here. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Envy is the secret pain we feel as someone else's success. Now, here's what I said. We're all a family. So you know what? God's going to elevate family members right in front of us. And the true test of our heart is when God elevates Miss Donna, when God elevates Tracy, can we truly be thankful? Can we truly cheer them on? Hello? Because if we don't, this little thing called envy will derail you, friend. I promise you. I can can count on, and Donna can't, and Junior can't, and Steve can't, and everybody else that was a part of it, that filing cabinet is full in there of ministers that started out around 1998 and 1999. Can I get an amen in here? And And I'm by no means, I'm not saying that John Bagley is better than anybody in that filing cabinet. Let's just say this. But by the grace of God, I have been able to maintain some type of level path. I have beat the car up. It's had to go into the shop and have new fenders on it. But by the, by the grace of God, it has stayed on the highway. And this right here is something that will kill you. It's something subtle that gets into your heart. And it will come to try to take you out. And eventually you're going to find yourself trying to score. And you say, why can't I ever get the ball in the end zone? It's because this one defensive tag keeps you out every time. James is the one that has dealing with this subject. He is the perfect one to be able to deal with this subject because he is the brother of Jesus and grows up in the same household with him. And this is where I believe God is wanting to try to take us to is God wants not only one father in here, he wants many fathers. Come on, somebody. There's no reason for me to just be somebody's spiritual father in here. There ought to be patriarchs in this room and people that is able to mother and father individuals in the Lord in this room. Come on, somebody. Every elder should be a father. Every elder's wife should be a mother. And every five-fold clergy in this room should be a father and a mature believer. The days of one daddy, daddy daycare is over with, friend. Come on, somebody. God's raising up a body of people. Come on. Oh, Lord, help me. I feel, I feel it getting kind of sideways a little bit. So let me just bring it back. Bring it back. Listen, it, with the issue of envy and jealousy, where bitter envy says every evil thing there, there's confusion and disorder going on. Now here's what you got to settle is this: is that God knows where I am at, and He is able to elevate me in due season. Now I go back to this, and I've, I've told this story, and if, you, if you've heard it, just please forgive me for re, repeating because others have not. When I, I remember when there was a certain individual that graduated a year ahead of me, went to a bigger city. And the church just seemed like blew up overnight. And I know it didn't happen that way, but there was success within the first few years. A rapid success. So much so that he's he's building about a 600, I think about 600 people then. About a 600-seater they're building over there. Well, I remember at this time that we we all started out at the same time. I mean, we were, we were all a part of the same family, the part of the same team. I was doing the same workout he was doing. Come on now. And uh, I'm in the same weight room you in. I, you understand I'm metaphorically speaking here. And so, but he gets out, and, and, and then not only that, the leadership, every time we got together, they pointed out this one person. Well, let me say this. God does the same thing. He celebrates a person. And a lot of times he gonna celebrate them right in front of you to see who what you got inside of you. He didn't say, David, I want you to come back here to the back room somewhere and let me tell you what's going on. He said, no, Eli, you big joker, you want this tall, good looking and handsome. Come on, I'm fitting a port of ram's horn out right in front of you so you can see what God is doing on his life. Come on, somebody. But when Eli and everybody else was right up there at Jesse's feet, David was in the prayer room somewhere by himself. And God will always reward you openly for what's going on in secret. It's good stuff right here. Good. So when he put, so I remember this. Catherine, you remember this. I said, God forgot me. I said, God forgot me. I said, he's blessed everybody else. And he's forgot me. So then I began thinking, I'm not even called of God. I want to throw the towel in. I was ready to quit. There's a, I'm telling you, there's a, I, was, I was done. I laid it down in my heart. It's one thing when you said out your mouth. It's another thing when when you you said. First of all, let me say this: you said out of your mouth enough for your heart to start believing what you said out your mouth. So you gotta watch what you say out your mouth. Come on now. But I was about done. I was done. But what the Lord showed me in that season is, is you got to know who you are. Listen to me. This is my personal place. You got to know. You got to discover who you are. And if we can all do the same thing, one of us is a waste. If I could do what Danny does, one of us is a waste. But I can't do what he does. And he can't do what I do. And I can't do what you do. And you are wonderfully, fearfully made in the image of God and he made no mistake in creating you. And every designer knows this, nothing is designed and ever created without the first knowing what, what what that thing will do in the earth. So your destiny was in his mind before he ever formed you. Come on somebody. that's why I never give anybody a gifts test to figure out what their gifts is. Listen,, I want to know what your calling is, because your calling will determine what your gifts are., I feel the Holy Ghost. So in this thing is what I've learned how I had to kill is this, is every time I feel that envy start creeping up in me, what? how how do you be envy? I begin to honor the person that God's highlighting right in front of me. Even if I don't want to, come on somebody. Even if I don't want to, I say, man, let me bless you. My God. Let me let me just give you some money. You know what I'm saying? Just take that right there. I'll start honoring. Even if I don't want to, I will force myself to honor what God is honoring. Come on somebody. Because I know if he'll do it in their life it's a matter of time. Listen, he knows where I live. He's got my mailing address. He's got my email address. he got my phone number. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs upon my head. He knows they're getting fewer and fewer. And when it gets time to put me in the game, I just want to make myself ready. I'm going to stay in the gym and say, God, listen, when you get ready I'm ready to run the ball. Man, i got a long ways to go right here. Listen to this. Let's go right here. Psalms 139. I want to read you something right here. Go with me to Psalms 139. We're going to get somewhere right here. I know it's been like pushing a plow, but listen to me. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. All right? Listen to this. Psalms 139 verse 13 says this. For you were formed, you formed my inward parts, You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance. Look at this. You you saw my strength being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when I was yet there were none of them. So this is God. Let's get it. Y'all with me right here? You stay with me 15 minutes right here. Shake yourself. Look at your neighbor. Bout your neighbor on the arm or something. Look right here. This is what he's saying, Dennis. Before there was ever earth, he had you on the wheel. Before there was ever a star. Come on, somebody. You with me now? Somebody said, well, what, what, you know, Adam, that was plan B. No, that was always plan. Uh, I mean, Adam, there was never no plan B. There was always plan A. Read the book of Revelation. It says Jesus Christ slain before the foundation of the world. That means Jesus had already went to the cross before Adam ever showed up in a place called the Garden of Eden. We can't understand it. Come on, so you can't wrap your mind around it. I'm in the book now. So listen, before Adam was ever in the garden, he was on the wheel. Boy, look at bats. Look at you, Ooh, made that one ear right a little bit. Come on, come on now, come on now, come on. Look look at John, and the Scripture says he chose the place of your dwelling. You didn't happenstancely fall through the doors of Cornerstone Christian Church this morning. Come on, somebody. You may believe that if you want to, but before there was ever Adam in the garden, he predestined. Come on, somebody. Have you? Gosh, boy. I better get off some of this right here. I'm stretching some of it. But he chose, and then he he chose the place of your dwelling according to Acts. Come on, somebody. He chose the boundaries where you would live predetermined it. Come on, somebody. You got, let, let me just tell you how good this. Some, some of you are worried about, well, am I going to mess my destiny up? Listen, if you just get in the boat, you ain't even got a row and you're going to end up at his house. That's how much he's got your destiny sealed up. Good. Yeah. You ain't you got to start rowing against Him. Oh my God. Listen this. So here's what you got to do. When you discover who you are, I said this, I would say this to my three boys, discover who you are and waste no time being someone you're not. Discover who you are and waste no time being someone you're not. Now, I want to ask you a question right here. And I throw this on Mr. Emmett last night. So this is bullet tested right here. I said, who in here knows who Norma Jean Mortison was? Norma Jean Mortison. Hold on. you smart lady right here. Raise your hand because she got it right. Raise your hand. How many Who knows who Norma Jean Mortison was? Raise your hand. This is a very famous individual. She's been on stamps, Everything. You should know her. Come on now. Let's think. Play the Jeopardy sound. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Norma Jean Mortison. Give you her name. Marilyn Monroe. Most people spend their whole lives trying to be Marilyn and never become Norma Jean that God created. That's good right there. If you don't get nothing else, that was worth you getting in your car. What you got to be fine and settled with is Norma Jean, who God destined me to be. Come on, And if God built Norma Jean, Norma Jean's good enough. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you, I won't head, i I listened to my. I listened to a message a while back, and I sent this to Stanton. I said, if you think you take the movie Facing the Giants, poor actors, low budget film. There's nothing on that movie to make anybody want to watch it but the presence of God. I said, I, I, said, I sound like somebody to come out of Okefenokee Swamp. Probably look like him a little bit too. Come on. And I said, but what, what makes that message intriguing is the presence of almighty god and at the end of the day i can't go and reinvent some some great linguist or some be some great articulated person come on somebody i got to be the john Bagley that he destined before i ever showed up to be and i got to spend all my days saying god that's good enough for any stage you want to put me on whether it be a national stage that same boy is good enough to stand there because god is the one that allowed to get me there See, Norma Jean was raised up in foster care and broken homes. So she said, you know what? I'll break all of this off. I'll become Marilyn. And Marilyn said that Hollywood will give you $1,000 for a kiss but 50 cents for your soul. But I want to tell you this. You're going to never be nobody. You'll never be nothing. If you want to be authentic, the outside has got to be a representation of what's on the inside. And true beauty is not measured by a size six and a bus line. Come on, somebody. I got anybody up in here? True beauty is a woman that fears the Lord. Come on, somebody. Raises her children in the admonition of God. Well, I'm... Oh, Lord. (laughs) And God will use you if you don't wear 36s either. And by the way, for the record, these are 36s I got on. They just called Extreme Flex. You know they make that now. <laughs> extreme Flex. It didn't say Flex. It said Extreme. <laughs> Lord of <have> Mercy. <laughs> oh God. We. Hey, I cut that out the message now. you got to be who you are, man. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. Be settled right now that what God made was good enough. Come on now. What God made was good enough. I can't get, I can't get in a tizzy because my hair fell out. Come on. Man, there's so much you could preach right here. Some of you try. Well, why can't nobody friend? Because you don't even love yourself. If you don't love yourself, they can't nobody else love you. They can't nobody else befriend you, when you can't be a friend to your own self. Come on, you got to look in the mirror and be satisfied what God has done. Come on. If now, if you dislike the weight, get on a treadmill or elliptical and get it off. Here's the way you get it off. Listen, fasting get out the cookie jar, throw the sweet tea down, get a bottle of water and get on the treadmill and get in the gym and it'll come off. Did I tell them a lie? Clay? Well, I just wish I was little. No, you don't because I'm going to get off of that. If you did, you'd be in the gym. I'm fine with the extreme flex in this season. I'm going to quit right here. Listen to this. Listen to this. Discover who you are if you Norma Jean Mortison, how many knows that Norma Jean Mortison was just as pretty as Marilyn? But that Norma Jean is not as flashy as Marilyn. I'm just trying to help us here. Listen, there's a safety to some of the old school stuff. Some to every time you want to be cool, cooler always get you burnt. I can, boy, I'm this is just safety one oh one, what this turning into. I'm I'm done right here. I got eight minutes right here. I know how to I'm, I'm getting close to the airport. I'm, I'm fit to play you a song, and you're gonna be tripping. I ain't heard this song in a long time. It's an old country song. It's got twang to it, but it has everything. And I cried and wept over the song because this is what's in my heart. And this this is uh, what I I um I sent this out on Friday night as I was sitting by my fireplace and I was just just reading and meditating with the Lord and 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 so I want to I'm gonna read this to you right here in just a second. Look, look at this. Look at this verse right here. Go to First Peter five and six. You okay? You got eight more minutes? Got eight more minutes in you, okay? All right. Look at this. You know this verse of Scripture. It says this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. How many want to be exalted? Raise your hand. You're telling the story if you don't. How you get exalted? See, in the world... You get, you get up by tearing somebody down. In the kingdom, you get exalted by getting down. Listen this. God will always tear a man down to build him up. The enemy will always build a man up to tear him down. The enemy's deal is he wants you to make it. He wants Stanton to be on the biggest stage he can get on right now without going through any process. So he can trip him up. The reason why Sony Michelle can run a hundred yards back return and not be down there collapsed in the end zone, cause he's doing it every day. Whew. Man, all right, I got, I got to get right here. All right, this one yourself, son, right here. Uh, you read that verse of scripture. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that we may exalt you, that he may exalt you in due time. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10. 1 Corinthians. 15. 9 and 10. It says this, for I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Look at your neighbor and say, You are what you are by the grace of God. Now here, let me say this. Let me tell you this. I'm done right here, but i got to say this. Here is another thing that the defense does to prevent us from getting in the end zone. When you get breakthrough, and, the, and especially by the way we're wired, because I'm wired as a warrior. I mean, that's, that's me. I'm at home in that. I mean, give me the, give me the gun, the swords, the blades. Let, let's go after it. That's why Matt, you know what I'm saying, he tries to be cute, but he always kicks it on the afterburners and slinging it up. That's our call. But let me, say that, let me tell you the temptation with that call is to think that you got the breakthrough because of what you did instead of knowing that it was the lord come on somebody who wins all our battles and you can't beat nothing on your own come on now so the temptation of the warrior is to think that he broke through because of the fasting because of the prayer because of the I'm not I'm not devaluing those things you understand what I'm saying it's it's kind of like this I mean I'm in the ring boxing but I'm overshadowed by him. You know what I'm saying? And the opponent goes down and he makes it look like I did it. But on the inside, I got to realize it was his gloves the one that put him on the ground. All right. And so what happens is, have you ever seen a little bit of success come to somebody? Now, before the success, he was just Clay. And I look, I just, I, can, you, can you give me this right here to finish Because I want to drive this point home. If I, I gotta, I, if I don't get this right here, I'm going I'm to feel like I didn't do nothing today because i got to drive this. We go to Atlanta, downtown, me, Clay, and Dusty. Probably should have let Dusty do the driving. Because, I mean, I really about I had to put the flashers on once I crossed Forsyth. Because you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Where I come from, we had two lanes. Four lanes occasionally. Come on. I'm just talking about where I'm from, okay? Now let me just say this. The same individual that went to this big city, got this big church, come back and preach in our hometown where I had the storefront church, and said, when I come through here, man, I don't even go through this town. I go around it. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Man, we graduated high school right over there. See, what happened is you done got too big for this town. I'm trying to help us right here now. I'm trying to help us. You you done got too big for this town. I don't care where you go. This is where you came from. Now, this don't label you, but you got to honor where you come from. Come on now. Now, we would be a fool to sit here and point at the silver-haired, bun wearing Pentecostals and say that's all crazy. That's what got us where we're here today. If they wasn't willing to take the... Take the tongue lashing for being on the other side of the track. Come on, somebody. Wearing a skirt, wearing the bun in the hair. When everybody else was making fun, we wouldn't be here today. Boy, I feel God. You got to honor the heritage. Come on, somebody. We never pull from where we came from and say, well, that was all unnecessary. No, that built us to where we're at today. We just we just thankful now we can put some paint on the barn. I better quit right now. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. All right. Really? We're almost done. I fit to go on overtime. Let me elders know that I fit to be on overtime. Ready? All right, listen. I gotta finish right here though. All right. So what happens is when a measure of success comes, what if you're not careful, you will start moving in your own confidence. Instead of his confidence. you got to know at every level it's him that has brought increase and not you. Come on now. So this is how I have to live my life. If God shows out in here and I prophesy and read the mail like like nobody's business. Come on. and And lightning bolts is hitting. When I get in that truck, I look in the mirror and realize I'm John. And it's by his grace and his goodness. Come on, somebody. I told Stanton the craziest thing. This is where you always got to live. Listen, your and our job, we're the donkey that's riding him into the city. Come on, somebody. It would have been a fool for the donkey to look at the crowd and say, look, they're laying the palm branches down for me. They weren't laying the palm branches for him. They were laying the palm branches for the one that brought him there. Now I'm not talking about some false humility. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing that ticks me off more than some false humility. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. I'm not talking about we some little old cricket somewhere. True humility is thinking of yourself less. We got churches, folk can't even see Jesus because of the leadership. If it's done right, the leadership should be in the peripheral vision and the king of kings should be in the center of the vision. Yeah. I'm almost done. So so I thought about this. So for me, as I said this, that I preached, I preached a message one night. This is what I sent out right here. I will read this right here and I'm fixing and do this little song and then we're going home, okay? All right. It said, I said, I'm sitting here in my chair reading and meditating. I thought about that message I preached in a certain city. The little man. That message was powerful. I never have preached it at Cornerstone. The Lord didn't have me preach it at Cornerstone because I believe we model this. As for this house, talking about another house, this is not modeled. And they are big in their own eyes. When we think we stand... Take heed, lest we fall. I want to always live in great need. I just love the low place. I believe true humility is the greatest attribute of any leader, period. Love you all. I can promise you, if we'll keep these simple plays, if these 10,000 people show up to Sparks, the boat will still be just as shiny as the day we sailed with 30 people. If you lose one of the plays, we will begin to take on water. And if you lose this one here and you let jealousy and envy come in, it will take on more water that the village pumps cannot pump out and we will sink to the ground. I know this, I got to preach this at the beginning. Why why would you preach this message today at the front of January? Because I'm setting the buoys and say, listen, this is the way we got to sail. If we get off this graph, we're off course. And so here's the song I was going to play. I'm just going to quote it. It says like this, sung by Faith Hill. It's a long way from Star, Mississippi. On this big stage I'm singing on tonight. Some people think that I've changed, but that's just me chasing dreams while she goes on to say, but she says, I'm still the same Mississippi girl. Let me tell you something, Church. I just feel like from God this morning to say to us, "We know better than nobody. I know better than any pastor in this town. We know better than any church in this town. But we must remain faithful with the heavenly vision that God told us to do. We will not be apologetic about the worship. We will not apologize about the blessing of God and the finances that overtake this house. But we realize it comes where much is given, much is required, and there's a purpose in the finances coming, and that is the a community. Come on. I would love to be in a place in this house that if we took no and some church, and let's just say, let's say it's a, First Baptist won't have this to happen, but let's just say, let's just say that Sparks Baptist Needs a youth pastor We can say listen here Go get your youth pastor paying $45,000 a year To start him off We got his salary For the first three years That's what the blessing of God Comes on a house for To touch an entire community And I just feel like I want to say this morning If we can keep the jealousy And the envy out of our heart And don't let pride come up Listen as great as God wants to use you Our lives is no more Than that fine guitar up there That Emmett plays Unless God picks you up he only sitting on a stand looking real pretty. Come on. But if God picks you up, he can make a tune come through you that will change the earth. We got to stay at the low place. Now listen here. I was sitting there Friday night. They get a call about 10 o'clock and I'm like, Lord of mercy, who's calling me at 10 o'clock at night? They call on the phone. You know, Brother, I'm just telling you this is what I feel like the Lord is saying to me right now. And this is what He just said. He didn't know. I just sent His text out. He said, I feel the Lord saying, just get on the ground. Just get on the ground. Make sure you stay on the ground. Stay at the low place. Humility is the greatest strength you have, friend. No devil can beat that right there, I can tell you right now. He can't beat it. He tried to beat it out of Jesus, but he couldn't beat it. And Jesus humbled himself. According to Philippians chapter 2, he humbled himself and became a man. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and confess that he's Lord. Why? Because he humbled himself. I stand up. I want to pray for you. I got so much, man, I just got to quit because we just can't go no further. Come right here, uh, uh, come right here, and You come here, and get your guitar right here, and sling it just for a second, right here. I'm just doing a stall right now because all your places deep just got flooded. <laughs> See, I got to give about a six minute overhang right here. Okay, listen. Every year I start off in this water to Catherine. This is one of my this is one of my plays right here. I'm gonna give more in 2018 that I gave more than I gave in 2017. It's who I am, you know. You know when you you sit here and you wonder sometimes, what does people think when we down here harping this? Let me say this, we was at we was at a restaurant, Stanton and Matt and I, and, and Stanton he's he's a, he's he's a flashy dresser right there, and he he uh, what, like wears watches or whatever. And uh, you know I'm cutting up just about that. I like the way you dress. If I was if I could wear them thirties right here, I'd, I'd be dressed like that too. Them are not. Those are not extreme flex. Them skinnies right there. And I told him I was cutting up with New Year's Eve night. I said, I'm going to buy him two Drake shirts and a John Deere hat. He said, if you do that, I'll throw it in the fire. We was eating. And there was two waiters over here to to the side of us. And they were Talking about Stanton's watch on his arm. He looked at him. He said, Where you get that watch? I love that watch. And Matt just hauled off, and I mean, like, punched him clean out of the seat. He said, You give him that watch now. Notice Matt didn't pull his off. No, I'm playing. Stanton couldn't get the watch off fast enough. He gave it to the guy. So I go up. I pay for the meal. This was that he brought the thing right there. He said, No, nah. he gets a ticket. I didn't say nothing, didn't have no card, didn't have no badge. Preacher with two associates. Gave me the bill. I put the tip on there and he looked at me and said, You're a rich man. I said, No, nah, I'm a blessed man. Can't can't. I saw we'll plow right here a little bit. You take the word tithe, you take the word tithe, Hebrews read from right to left, right? Hebrews read from right to left. Anybody know that in this room? Anybody can agree with that? They know that Hebrews read right to left, say amen. If you know it to be true, it's read right to left. If you take the word tithe and you pull the first letter off of the word tithe in Hebrew, you're left with rich. Rich is found in the tithe. You want to set your finances right in 2018, you start with the tithe. Did you hear what I said? You start with the tithe. Tithing ain't never been no issue with me. Come on, somebody. I want i, I want to get where we live living generous. Come on, somebody. I didn't leave that man 20%. I left him something to get his attention. We just gave him a watch, and he didn't get that watch from Kmart. It don't matter, but listen, it didn't come from Kmart. Don't matter. It, I'm just saying. I'm trying to show you what he gave. He come back to the table. Then he walked back to the table like this. He done went back to the kitchen, so put it on, but he didn't want us to see him put it on. So I go back, and I ate there the following Sunday. Same guy waited on my table. Boom, I put the tip on it. He said, you're a rich man, ain't you? I know you're a rich man. That's what he said. I said, no, I'm a blessed man. I said, if you're tithe and honor God with your first fruits, you'll be able to walk in a restaurant like this and throw it on them one time. Come on. So my play is this. I'm going to live generous. You hear me, friend? We don't own nothing. I said, we don't own nothing. I'm trying to see what... Terry let me hold yours you? I, no, I'm not playing I'm playing I'm cutting up with you. it's a $50 bill $50 bill I'm trying to tell you how I've lived my life I'm telling you how I've lived my life right here this morning my children would vouch for this if you hold this 50 just like this that is all it's ever gonna be and that is it it'll never do nothing else this is it Elizabeth, am I telling the truth, Miss Leas? This is all it is ever going to be, Clay. This is it. It's never going to be nothing else. If you want to serve God like tight-fisted, you hold it all you will ever hold, friend. You're the biggest you ever gonna be. You enjoying your harvest right now because it's in your hand. Come here, right here in the flannel. Come here, come here. But see if you hold this right here. Like this, you say, "Well, showboat." No, God told me to do this. before I ever got here, He told me to do this last night. Now you gonna go home? You buy your, you you buy whatever you want. This is yours, okay? But if you hold your money like this, now just reach up there and grab it. Take it. That's yours. Welcome to Cornerstone. If you hold your money like that in your hands, friend, I promise you, when he reaches down and gets it, come on, somebody. He's coming back with it pressed down, shaking up, multiplying, and running over. Hold up. Hold up. Now, listen here. I don't give that to look for 500 to come back to me. It's coming back however he wants to do it. It may not be monetary, he may not come back with the money. Come on. I'm just trying to tell you how we live. Grant come to me the other night. He said, Daddy, I gotta get a pair of waiters. Well, I asked him, did he want a pair of waiters or a jacket? Got a, got a jacket. It was up there a little bit, okay? Pair of Drake waiters you go shooting up with $350. I said, You want the jacket or the waiters? And what's crazy is he he hung on to every word I said. I said, we can get waiters anytime. He said, But daddy, you said we can get waiters anytime. I said, we ain't getting no waiters today. Listen this. He comes by in and said, Daddy. He said, I just got off the phone. One of my buddies called me and said, they got a pair of waiters they want me to come get. They can't wear them anymore. God provided him with the waiters. Come on, somebody. We going to be generous people. We gonna tip the embarrass somebody. Listen, if you can't leave at least 20% on the table, you ain't got no business going in there. Jesus said you do it to the least of them. You've done it unto me. Come on, somebody. Every time I throw that money on the table, I ain't doing it just to give it to that waiter. I'm showing that waiter, listen, there's a God in heaven, and he's very good. He's very extravagant, and I'm his representative, and i come to tell you just how good he is. Whatever. whatever i'm gonna do god help me to be more generous this year help me to be more generous this year i need somebody to take me to lunch i just gave my lunch money away so whoever that is I'm bless you no i'm playing <laughs> raise your hands how many knows that god is man i'm telling you church i'm telling you we on the great move you hear me god is moving So, Father, I bless your people today. I thank you for the privilege to stand up here today and and, and to preach to this great and mighty people today. Father, we love you with all our hearts. Help us to be all we can be, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We're excited, God. We're totally excited about this year and what you're doing in our lives. I bless this people this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll see you here Wednesday night. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.